is no longer really an opportunity or choice, it's an imperative. To telling the story, how do we make sure that um, you know we're taking full advantage of any and all assets that are on the, the grid and at customer premises? Welcome everyone to the EI360 podcast. My name is Sandy Coughlin, and I am joined today with our director of business development, Jamie Tate, Mark Petak with LinkSpring, and David, our CEO here at In Exchange. Today we are continuing our conversation, David, on digital twins, and I'm going to let you talk about the valuable partnership that we have with LinkSpring. Yeah, well, one, Mark, thank you. For thank y'all. Appreciate and, it. You know, LinkSpring is such a value partner uh, in Exchange. One of the things you've heard us talk about is in exchange represents from generation to toaster. And uh, LinkSpring is that part which is on the side of the toaster, if you will, which really brings the value of, of uh, this grid interactive uh, buildings that is so important to our platform. Uh, as Sandy indicated, we're talking about digital twins uh, this month. And uh, as we think about digital twins, one of the key components as far as assets are concerned is the load side. And I don't think anybody better could speak to the load side, Mark, than, than you and the experience you've had for many years. And we just really appreciate, you know, not only the, the technology that LinkSpring brings into the, the uh, in-exchange technology stack, but equally we appreciate the, the subject matter expertise you all bring. And I tell you, we've really enjoyed getting to know you and the entire team of, of uh, LinkSpring. But thank you for being here to share with us some of that expertise in that built environment that you all have such uh, rich history in. So again, I'll turn it over to you to kind of share a little bit about the built environment, uh, how important it is to this digital twin mm -hmm. component. Well, thank you all, David. Thank everybody in, in exchange. We're excited to be a partner with you guys. And uh, there are so many opportunities out in the marketplace today, especially with respect to what you guys bring to the table, digital twins, the built environment, what's going on in the built environment. You know, I've been in the built environment now for a uh, long time, let's just put it that way. Too long <laughs> to kind of think about it. And I have never seen the opportunities like I am seeing today. A lot of it's been driven by lots of different things. Sure, COVID and the readjustment of how we have to manage and operate our buildings. The real push for energy and sustainability, net zero, the coming together of grid interactive buildings and so forth, and what I like to refer to as the electrification of buildings now, and who better than to be at the center of that than an exchange. So, um, with respect to digital twins, you know, I look back at it, and that was a concept that I think uh, started years and years ago. If we really look at history, and let me use this as an analogy, if anybody saw Apollo 13, when they were up in the uh, in space and they ran into the situations, and Gary Sinise could not go up into space because he supposedly had measles, and they ran into that issue, they used digital twinning, as I like to call, as the example of trying to figure out a problem, getting information, looking at data, testing different things. And we've taken that concept and applied it to the built environment, especially with loads and so, so forth like that. And I think too, if we look at the, uh, the beginnings of Digital Twin, you know, it was all about connectivity, duplicating 
what actually is happening in a building, the way it's running, the way it's being managed, etc., and then creating a, an exact duplicate of what's happening. But then, you know, you look at the value, that's one thing. But being able to test new applications, new technology, before you put it installed and have it working to address what might happen, what could happen, what should I anticipate, I think is a huge, huge value that a lot of people don't realize that today is being able to uh, take advantage of that digital twin concept. Absolutely. So Mark, being in the built environment, you are a pivotal partner with uh, in exchange and Jamie, if you can talk a little bit about the Grid Interactive Controller and how Mark helps us kind of uh, yeah. bridge that gap with our commercial clients. Yeah, for sure. So welcome back to our energy yard here at the McKinney facility. Uh, so what you are what you see here, and we talked about it in a previous podcast, is obviously up on the roof we have our solar arrays, our multiple solar arrays. Right in here we have our three inverters, our transfer switch, a generator, three battery stacks. Uh, we also have two level two EV chargers, uh, smart lighting in our parking lot, as well as a weather station. Now that's a lot. Typically, what we would see in this type of a situation uh, is a lot of these things are going to be siloed, uh, meaning that they have their own platform, their own login, their own system in order to view all of this. Enter stage left, our link sprint controller. Uh, so what we see here is what we, what we interact with our uh, grid interactive controller. In this uh, scenario, uh, the beautiful thing about the Link Spring, the Niagara framework that it runs on, is the idea of it being interoperable with microgrid assets as well. So this can also be classified as a microgrid controller. At our campus, uh, and every single every single day, uh, on a beautiful sunny day like we have uh, here in, McKin in McKinney, Texas, uh, our building is actually being able to be run off of solar uh, throughout the entire day, completely uh, getting rid of our entire grid load uh, throughout the entire day. In the evening time, uh, as the sun begins to go down, uh, we can automatically switch to our three battery stacks uh, in that peak demand time, uh, whenever it's most crucial that we do, do not utilize that grid power. And, and, and even more important is in a uh, instance of an outage, uh, we can actually build in logic uh, utilizing the controller to know to always have at least 30% uh, of battery life within within our batteries to if we experience an outage, we can move directly to battery power while our large generator in the back here fires up. Uh, so we experience zero downtime. So all that cool technology that I was just speaking about from the logic that's being built within the controller itself can be all afforded to you at the utility level, at the CNI level, and even the microgrid level. Uh, this logic can be built on the controller itself or even controlled uh, within our user interface known as our EI360 platform. Um, so Mark, uh, am I missing anything? No, I don't think so. It's interesting that, you know, again, the controller, I like to look at it as it's the heartbeat, it's the center. Without a controller, none of this is able to occur. And you know, over the years, the controller you know, does connectivity, it does integration, it does the interoperability, it does all of that to add the value, the, your platform, on top of that, it's a win-win it's a situation for everyone. And how does it help break down silos of data? Because we talk about that a lot. Well, you know, if you look at the built environment, 
it is made up of disparate systems and equipment, HVAC, lighting, security, uh, sprinkler systems, uh, solar panels, and traditionally none of those talk to one another. None of those could work with one another. Niagara Framework, our controller, brings all that integration together, allows those to be able to communicate, talk to, get that data, normalize that data, and then add the value, the E360 platform on top of, uh, of that to where the true value has come up. You know, it's interesting, in these years, while controllers have had value, as we've progressed in the built environment, data is now is becoming the really valued byproduct of the controllers. Being able to manage buildings, control loads, control whatever you want to, because of control, connectivity, and data management is key today. So in that built environment, we've got the digital twin, we've got it empowered here with this grid interactive controller. So now how does that help boost capabilities for that client? So at the end of the day is, again, it's boosting uh, capabilities by helping control and to do better performance, to run buildings more efficiently, more securely, and with that, especially today where our built environment completely has changed. Remember the days when we used to go into a building and everybody was working. Let's say you had a building that housed 500 people, as an example. 500 people, give or take, on a given day were there. Today, you don't know how many are with hybrid remote working and things like that. Chances are the building is not being inhabited with 500 people. It might be 100 on a Wednesday, could be 200 on a Friday. So being able to have this data and have real-time information, being able to control in real-time, especially load and energy, is vital today the way you operate a building. Well, thank you, Mark. This was amazing. We hope you come back. Jamie, thank you so much. Great My insight. My pleasure. Thank you. And we'll see you next time on the Nine Three Sixty Podcast.